If you've been listening lately, you know we've been talking about how to figure out what our children know. And when we figure out what they know, we can take that knowledge and put it into a system that tells our kids how we want them to function. Today, we are going to talk about a back-to-school routine, getting up in the morning and getting your kiddo out the door. And I'm going to give you a strategy on how you can help your kiddo get themselves out the door. But of course, it means parents need to learn it first. So join in and grab a pencil and a paper because you will probably want it today. And don't forget your creativity and thinking cap because that's also today. This is one of the things I love to do with kids and I hope you love it as much as me. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned because In this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee, along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. When my kids were small, I am so, so grateful for the people that stepped in and coached me along the way. I am so grateful for the people that consulted with me about my students and helped me make the link from what I'm learning in the classroom to what I'm learning at home. This kind of support, I think, is so valuable. It changed the way my home ran, and that motivates me to be able to do this for you. Whether it's because you want to be able to teach your kiddos some speech and language skills or support the work that the speech therapist is doing with your child or simply communicate with your kids in ways that their brain understands better, email me at hello at languageofplay.com so you can gain the skills and the clarity to know what it is that you're trying to teach and know how it is to teach it. All right, friends. Let's get into today's episode and zoom in on what you can do to specifically 
help your child to get these routines down and what the last three episodes really had to do with it. First, I'm going to recap. In episode 75, we talked about when our kids wiggle and talk when they're sitting in a place where they are not supposed to wiggle and talk, but rather you as the adult are trying to listen. So you want them to be quiet. Much of the time, we give our child an electronic device these days. But I will say that though that keeps them quiet, they are not able to also listen and process the information. So if we're teaching our children to pay attention, and if we're trying to increase their listening skills, then the electronic is working against you. And I'm guessing that that is true for you because you're listening to this podcast and this is about how to get kids to listen better as one of the main things that I teach. When we want our kids to pay attention and we give them a blank piece of paper and tell them, write anything you hear. That was the goal in episode 75 not teaching from their drawing, not correcting their art, um, being sure that you celebrate what they did here. And, And all of this encourages kiddos to be able to give a full self-expression and be proud of the work that they come up with. This gives license to that creative freedom that we want our children to build because that ultimately turns into problem solving and other higher-order thinking skills. In and of itself, episode 75 is focused on helping our kids learn to listen and pay attention. But in doing that practice, you get an outcome that leads you into understanding what's going on in your child's mind. That is what prompted me to do episode 76, because we have a wealth of information if we know how to read it. After doing the activities in 75, we can take them in 76 and we can see what it is that our children actually understand. When our children are small, it simply just gives us a window into what else they don't understand. For example, the multiple meaning words that we use in English and the child may or may not catch the right meaning in the context where they were listening, but rather what you see in their drawing is what they do understand from that particular word. When children get a little bit older, you will see whether or not they understand the concept in sentences based on how they understood the sentence. And of course, that is through the lens of their own experience. They can only understand what they're listening to based on if they've had the experiences already or know something about it from books or life that you have exposed them to. As your kids get older yet, they may use a combination of pictures and words to define what it is that they're listening to. And again, you will be able to look at their drawings and their writings and see how full or how complex or how simplified their understanding is of that topic. And again, the context is that you and your child are together listening. Then in episode 77, I took in the idea of now that you've seen what your child does and doesn't understand, let's use that to our advantage. We can see in their pictures 
what their understanding is. And if we see in the pictures that they are confusing multiple meaning words or figurative language or getting simplified thoughts from something more complex, then we can also take that information with us when we are trying to get our kids to do things. Because ultimately, we want our kids to listen and do and learn and be productive members of society. So since we're focused on that, we want to be able to whittle back our instructions so we meet them where they're at, and then progressively, we increase the complexity. This is with hands-on tasks as well as with language. Taking that concept, in episode 77, I decided to apply the concept of showing you what the child understands through picture and applying it to a get ready for school routine. I wanted to show you how you can actually use some of the things that they understand that they draw in their pictures to use it to your advantage. You don't have to repeat as much if your pictures do the repeating for you. And you can use what you see that they know to be able to give instruction. Therefore, I decided that the back-to-school routine that we were going to talk about was with a six-year-old girl who needed to get dressed and brush her teeth. Now, we know that when your child is getting ready for school, there are more things to do than brush your teeth and get dressed. However, when we see in these pictures how complex our children's understanding is, we will choose a little differently how we want to teach them. The second part of that is that when it comes to routines, we actually want our children to be able to do routines in autopilot. We want certain routines to be so practiced, so regular, that we know that our children do it right on a regular basis so that we only check in with them periodically. While your child does many things before school, we want to show them the target and let them know exactly what your plan is because that helps them to know exactly what you want. With all that as a backdrop, now let's start with this same routine concept. We'll start with brushing teeth. And the reason I'm going to choose this is because we have lots of opportunity to practice and it spans the age ranges. When kids are little, part of their routine might be to push a stool over to the sink. But yet your teenagers might be leaving open toothpaste tubes on the counter and globs of toothpaste on the lining of the sink and it might irritate you. So obviously it might not, and this might not be a thing in your house, but if you can take the concept of pick what it is that you want and figure out how you want it done, and then break down the steps into smaller steps and teach each step. So since nobody is sitting here talking with me except me to you, I guess I get to pick the topic and I'm just going to stick with brushing teeth. And I'll tell you the way I want children to brush their teeth. And you will adapt it to mean and to be whatever works in your home. When my children were young, 
I was working in the special education department doing speech pathology with some older kiddos. And the teacher in that department did such a fabulous job teaching these life skills. And I learned from her. And I went home and I thought, this would work with my own children. So I took it home and I found that, yes, it does. So here's what we did. Here is where you pause the episode and you go get a pencil and paper. First, you figure out what it is that you want the outcome to be. For me, I chose that I wanted the bathroom to look the same after they were done brushing their teeth as it looks before they go in. Did this happen all the time? Absolutely not. Did they know what their outcome was supposed to be? Yes. The bathroom that was the one I used regularly stayed much cleaner. The bathroom in the basement that was usually only used by kids, I checked much less often. And when I did go downstairs, most of the time I found it wanting. And then at that point, I needed to tell the kids to go clean the bathroom. So this is not perfect, but it gives your kids a target and it does give them practice at doing things in a complete form. If your child is older, a picture of the completed job posted in the bathroom would be adequate because they can simply look at it and then look at the sink to know whether or not it is matching. A young child is going to have a piece of paper with what I like to use as simple line drawings. In order to do this episode, I drew the pictures that I would normally draw for my students or my family when they're small. The first picture would show a toothbrush. The second picture was the lid off the toothpaste. The third picture was toothpaste on the toothbrush. The fourth picture was the cap is back on the toothpaste. The fifth picture shows water in the bowl. The next picture shows a washcloth, a washcloth so the child can wash their face and get all that toothpaste off their face. And the last picture showed the toothpaste and the toothbrush back in the cabinet. Now, I could also add a picture in there of the child with the toothbrush in their mouth. And a simple line drawing, like a smiley face, represents washing with a squiggly circle that could represent a washcloth. Once you teach your children what these symbols represent, they understand. And then, as they get proficient at the tasks that they're doing, the picture of the toothbrush ultimately is going to mean all of these different steps. So if your child is six, then maybe what you're going to do is have the beginning of the school year, have all seven, maybe eight, maybe nine pictures. When you see something is missing, that's an indicator that that step in the process needs a picture. As they're learning, you go through the steps with them and you say, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? And you point to each picture as you ask, did you do this? 
And then periodically you can ask, what does this picture mean? What is that picture? And other times you can say, show me this. So there's lots of interaction with language to discuss those pictures. And if you talk about those pictures and go through them with them, let's say the first month, it's every day for the first two weeks, and then pretty soon it's going to be some of the pictures because you will see that the child does it, and probably after a month, you don't need anything more than just the toothbrush to represent that whole routine. Then we celebrate. You remember, you know, I can just put a toothbrush here now to remind you. And then in your child's bedroom or wherever they frequent, maybe it'll be the kitchen so it's easier for you to follow up with your child, you will have a vertical picture list. And the toothbrush is going to be on that list. And eventually, you just point to the toothbrush and you say, did you do it? But you will have already practiced for a month on all the different steps of what it is that you want as a toothbrushing routine. What I will caution on this is it is very easy to assume your child knows because they've done it many times. It is very easy after you have gone through this to think that it was personal when they left the glob of toothpaste in the bowl. But if you come back at it and say to your child, uh, maybe at night after you find that glob of toothpaste, you say, sweetheart, today I saw a glob of toothpaste. Do you see your toothbrush routine here? I'm going to add the line drawing, mind you, the picture of a sink on it with drops of water and you describe what you're doing when you're doing it. And you say, I put this here to help you remember that you're supposed to have that sink rinsed out before you go to school. You say it just as happily as I said it here, because if you stay in that mindset that your child is practicing and they are going to make mistakes and it is our job to guide them back into the practice of what it is that they need and they feel like you are on their team, you are here for them, you've got their back, it is much, much more likely that they will continue to grow along the way. So in summary, episodes 75, 76, 77, and now 78 will hopefully give you all the tools you need to be able to develop a routine for your child to be able to do what you want them to do. One, you're going to identify exactly what you want. What do you want as the end product? Two, you're going to draw simple line drawings on scratch paper or colored paper or anything you want to identify the steps. And the reason we do those simple line drawings is because hopefully they're just going to get thrown away soon. Three, you're going to walk through each of those steps over and over and talk about them quite a lot for two to four weeks. The purpose of this is to give all the different multiple meaning words that we use for each step. The things we don't really realize that we say that might be confusing to kids. So talk all about each step with them so that hopefully we hit on all of those different meanings of and different ways to express similar things. And four was those multiple meaning words, the vocabulary 
be sure that we have the vocabulary changes in that. And then five is the whittling away of the pictures. As you see that they are proficient, they can explain it, they can talk about it, they can do it, and eventually one picture will represent the whole routine. Today we focused only on a routine of toothbrushing because it spans the age and it's easy to talk about. But I know that many of you are dealing with issues that are not easy to figure out how to talk about. Many of you are struggling with what is it that I do with my child when they truly aren't listening. And that is what I designed my coaching program for parents for. Some things just are so specific that we would need to talk about your child in your circumstances with your conditions. And in that case, we can work through a plan, a strategy. Maybe it's a visual routine and maybe it isn't. To be able to get your kiddos to do what it is that you want them to do in the timelines that you want them to do it. There is no magic bullet. But the better parenting we do, the better results we will have. I know I needed a ton of help when my kids were born. I knew nothing. And I am so grateful for the people that stepped into my life that consulted with me, that coached me, that helped me along the way. It made all the difference in my home life. I hope this episode met the need of being able to zoom in even further and talk more details about how to create a routine with your kiddos. And if you still have questions or if you would like another specific topic, email me at hello at the language of play.com. In the meantime, check my show notes to be able to find the link for the Facebook group where you can join other parents that are on the same journey together. Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.